Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death, the podcast where a veteran viewer makes his girlfriend, the virgin viewer, watch scary movies that terrify and keep her (laughs) up at night. My name is Cindy. With me, as always, is Josh. Hello. (laughs) Hello, people of Earth. This month, our theme is Josh's birthday, so we're doing ghost stories. We've done Devil's Backbone, The Changeling, and what was the Kevin Bacon one? Stir of Echoes. That's a dope ass title, by the way. Yeah. But yeah. It makes it's Listen to last week's episode for my opinions on that. that we didn't even talk we didn't even talk about the title. The title Stir of Echoes makes no goddamn sense, but it sounds really cool. And okay, so this week we're doing what is it? The White Lady? Lady what is Wait, it? Lady in White. Lady in White. White Lady. All right, Lady That's in White. That's a nickname for cocaine, FYI. Oh, fun. <laughs> the White Lady. Um, in the White Room. Or Charlie White. <laughs> okay, what year did this movie come out? I've never heard of it. Uh, Lady in White came out April 22nd, 1988. Okay, so I was eight. Eight years after The Changeling. I was eight years old. Um, I was six. What is that, that third grade? First yeah. grade? <laughs> no, third. I was in kindergarten yeah. because I failed preschool. <laughs> Why did you fail preschool, Josh? Because I was immature and liked to bite people and just wasn't there. Wasn't wasn't capable of going to kindergarten with the other kids. They helped me back. I'm glad you've grown out of that. It's a good thing. I was the oldest in my class. My birthday's like the end of December. So I was eight, like solidly eight. Yeah, I was one of the oldest in my class by um, the fact that I failed preschool. <laughs> No, mine was just my birthday was all screwy. So in 1988, this is the year, this is George the First Bush, right? He was 88 to 92, yeah. He took office in 89. Okay. He was elected. What else was going on that year? I was in New Jersey, you were in West Virginia, the same old story. Actually, I was not. I was in Pennsylvania. I was living in Brockway, Pennsylvania. Rockaway. Which, Brockway, not Rockaway. Oh, whatever. It'd be uh, a lot cooler if it was Rockaway. Pen- yeah, it's not definitely not Rockaway. It's Rockaway, Pennsylvania. It's right next to Dubois, or as it's supposed to be said, Dubois. Um, but Pennsylvania. Not, not in Western PA. <laughs> what else is going on in the world? Give me something. 1988. The time this film came out, when I was but a wee lad. Oh, the Berlin Wall had just come down, right? Well, that was 89. Uh, was it? I uh, thought it was 88. So maybe it's about to happen. Phantom of the Opera opens on Broadway. Ooh, that would be a life changer in my household. My, The women in my household love that movie. Or love that film. Wait, love that play. I love that movie. There well, it is. Well, long way around the mountain Sorry. for that one. Sorry about that. Uh, the Winter Olympics were held in Calgary. Oh, yeah. Oliver North and John Poindexter were indicted on conspiracy charges for their part in the Iran-Contra affair. Hey, fun fact. What's Oliver North, Ollie North, who was literally, um, you know, a traitor to the United States, what's he up to right about now in 2020, Josh? He's like leader. Uh, he's a cabinet member, isn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Isn't that nice? Continue. The Soviet army begins its withdrawal from Afghanistan after eight years of fighting there. Oh, oh, yeah, because that was the 84 Olympics, right? It was. The reason that we did not participate in either the 1980 or the 1984 Olympics was because it was being held um, either in Russia or Russia was allowed to participate. And so America bowed out. We weren't going to no, do it. No, we only missed out on one. I'm just letting you know. Was. That was the reason. But. It was because of Russia. I'm so confused by what you just said. Uh, the, world, the world knows I'm right. Russia had to leave 
Afghanistan because the Afghani warriors were helped by two boss-ass gentlemen by the name of James Bond and John Rambo. <laughs> uh, and that's why... That's why. That's why the, the uh, Mujahideen, who was secretly being backed by Reagan's administration, was able to overcome the iron boot of That is the correct. Union. And that this is not our crazy lefty propaganda. That's, that's stated fact. Uh, uh, it is in the record. Watch Rambo 3. It's there. You can it's it in the record of Ronald Reagan. I mean, it is what it... it we know now, like, oh, that was not a good idea. The They were trying to stamp out resistance, and mm-hmm. John Rambo went in there. <laughs> and took care of business. And fought the Russian army by himself. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the Oilers beat the Bruins to win their fourth Stanley Cup. It was, 1988 was the year of the syringe tide in New York and New Jersey, when all that medical waste washed on shore. I was really hoping you weren't going to know that, because I do remember and that people were very like, oh my God, we're all going to get AIDS. So in, uh, I grew up in New Jersey. I grew up one hour from probably one of the most popular tourist attractions in New Jersey, which is Long Beach Island, um, which is the county. And we always went to, we really lucked out. When I tell people this story, it's like, oh, damn, friends of our, friends of the family, their parents in the 40s bought a three-story home, two houses away from the beach. So... Which is, first off, that's crazy and amazing. But back then, it was really easy, like in the 40s. And then um, in the 80s, they converted it into three condos. No, two condos. They kept the bottom floor. So every summer growing up, I went and hung out two houses from the, like, to the point where as kids, we would get up and just go to the beach as long as the lifeguards were out and the parents just slept. Like, we were right there. Yeah. Um, and that summer... It was closed. We were, we couldn't go, and I I really remember in '89, but I think I'm fairly certain '88 too. It was one of those they we tried, and it was like, nah, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> the beaches were closed. There were dirty diapers. It was more like the syringes. Now looking back, was terrifying. But as a kid, it was trash. It wasn't open. Somebody went and dumped um, some needles in the water. It was hospital waste. Yeah. Was, so there was. They call it the syringe tide, but it was. Yeah, I mean, there was. It was just sure. garbage. There were hospital gowns, and and I remember a lot of like diapers, and oh, it was so foul. And it took until ninety or ninety one for it to clear up. Like, of course, they reopened immediately. We've all seen Jaws, and we've all lived through the twenty twenty epidemic. But I want to say it wasn't until like 91 when we stopped talking about it. Humans are, especially Americans, are so good at conservation and taking care of things that we <laughs> stole from other people, right? Like, like land and property. Uh, what do you want to do with all these like bags of medical waste? Just dump them in the ocean. In the ocean. Who the fuck cares? Todd will take it away and it'll be somebody else's problem. Yeah. Uh, that was the, 1988 was the year the Iran-Iraq war ended after a million people died. Mm-hmm. And, and 1988 ended with H.W. Bush getting elected and the Pan Am Lockerbie bombing happening. 103. Yeah. Yep. People what a, that were born in 1988. What a damn year. Okay, who was born in 88? Rihanna. Cool. Steph Curry. That's basketball, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Christy Yay, Warriors. got it. And Michael Sarah. Oh, I'm so fucking old. People Whatever. that died in 1988, I threw two really sad ones in because they were so young. Heather O'Rourke, the star of the Poltergeist films. Oh, yes. And Judith Barcy, who was a child actress who was in Jaws 4. And she was one of the, I think she was the voice of Ducky in The Land Before Time. Okay. I oh, yeah, we looked that up. I she got murdered yeah, she, by it, her family. Yeah, it was, 
some sort of abuse, either her yeah. boyfriend or her sister's boyfriend. Yeah, that's true. She was murdered. We looked that up uh, not that long ago. It was so those two. Roy Orbison died in 1988. Aww. And Hal Ashby. Oh, I love Hal Ashby. I love being there. I love Harold and Maude. I kind of love everything I've ever seen by him, and I think I've seen almost all of it. He doesn't have a huge output, but it's, but all, it's all good. good. Uh, the new words of 1988, there are a few. You know what I just realized? Out of those names you mentioned, how, how many of them were cancer? The little girl from Jaws was leukemia. How Ashby was cancer. Would you, we just mentioned... The little girl from Jaws was uh, murdered. Not from Jaws, from uh, Poltergeist. She wasn't. It wasn't cancer. It was a misdiagnosis about. Um, uh, oh, she had. She, uh, she was born with a defect in her bowels. That was it. Was it. Misdiagnosed, and misdiagnosed, and it basically it formed a pocket and exploded and turned her body septic. I always thought it was leukemia. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Um, My so point is moot. The, yeah, the new words of 1988 are channel surfing. Nice crop circle, emo, <laughs> mosh pit. Oh, nice. Road Rage uh, and Charter Schools. The words of that year define a lot of my life, <laughs> but okay. Who's in this movie? So 88. Who? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm just curious who I would recognize. This movie is written and directed by Frank LaLogia. Logia? La Logia. Oh. This movie is Italian-American as fuck. Okay. Judging by the fact that the writer-director is La Logia and based this partially on his childhood. Oh, damn. Uh, he directed another movie called Fear No Evil. This is really kind of his big thing. Like, is this movie, is what he's most known for. This movie stars Lucas Haas. That's H-A-A-S. Oh, is he heir to the Haas fortune with no. dying Easter eggs? He, is, he plays Frankie Scarletti in this movie. He's the little boy from Witness. Oh, okay. The uh... yeah, and as an adult, he would be in Mars Attacks and Inception and Brick. So he's been in some shit. Yeah, he's you'll as soon as you see him, you'll be like, okay, yeah, I know that kid. Okay, that I sounds know, good. I know that kid and his big ass eyes. He's got big ass eyes. Okay. Uh, Lin Carew plays Phil Terragasso. All right. Uh, he was in About Schmidt, and he's on the show Blue Bloods. The cop again, show I'll see with it maybe. Donnie Wahlberg. I don't watch that. I don't support anything the Wahlbergs do. Uh, Who else? I bet your mom watches it. Your mom watches every cop show, just like my dad. Yeah, it's Uh, people of a certain age. Alex Rocco is Angelo. Very Italian. You're absolutely right. Very Italian-American. Al Scarletti. He was Mo Rocca in The Godfather. Okay. And he was also in The Wedding Planner. Yep. And I say He's been in a ton of stuff. For last. The best for last. What? Catherine Helmond is Amanda. Hellman. You know her from Brazil. Ooh, okay. From Soap. From Overboard. Yes. Yeah, yeah. From Who's the Boss. I know her very well. We know her and we love her. I first met her in uh, Soap. Some, to this day, uh, when Ma, when my ma goes crazy, I, I call her Mona. Uh, yeah. So a couple of fun facts about this movie before we move on. So uh, Emily Tracy, who plays Lucas Haas's mother, is his real life mom. Okay, can't get rid of too much shit there. I think it was just she had an acting background and was there because she had to have he had to have someone on set. Yeah, so I mean it's probably a lot easier. They were like, let's just have your mom play your mom. It's based on a local Rochester, New York legend, which is where Frank Lelogia grew up. Okay, and he says this is his. Yeah, he knows this. Like the the changeling was. Remember when we watched Mm -hmm. the changeling? I was like, this is not going to be the last time. 
that someone's going to be like, this is based on a real story. This from is the other the one. Place, you know. It was filmed around 1986, but it wasn't released until 1988. It was shopped a bit. This movie's weirdly forgotten about. No one talks about it. I've never heard of it. I know. Like, most people, you know, you're like talking about really good, kind of scary movies for kids. Because this is a kid's movie, essentially. Um, uh, okay. And people never mention this. It's a it's it's considered a very deep cut to be like oh Lady in White, or at least by a lot of people. It's like an Are You Afraid of the Dark scary movie. It, it is. It, it it has kind of an Are You Afraid of the Dark vibe, but a little more eighties like serious. <laughs> like you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark was good, but it was definitely for kids, and it was made in the nineties when we right. were still like you know kids don't really die. Um, Not in this movie. This movie kids die. Okay, great. So here's a poster. So this is the part of the show where Josh shows me an original poster of the film. I try to discern meaning from it. Lady in White. It actually kind of looks like Lady Hawk uh, script. Like the font. Doesn't look like the Ladybird oh, font. I love Lady Hawk. The year is 1962. The place is Willow Point Falls. Nobody talks about what happened in the school cloakroom 10 years ago. Now in the dead of night, Frankie Scarletti is going to find out why. Lady in white. So there's a kid uh, in a mask sitting in a corner. I think that there's going to be a boy who is in a cloakroom and watches a man murder a woman. And he just lives with it. And then the woman starts ha- starts haunting. And he's the only one who can solve it cause, or explain it because he saw how she died as a grown man. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. I, uh, my prediction is that I think you'll like this movie a lot. I think it's fun at times, and the scary stuff is scary, but it's, like, child scary. It's not, like... Like, Sons of the Lamb scary. This is not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, well, this so is, few are. This is a PG-13 movie that was originally aimed at children. So where can we find this movie? You said it's kind of a, okay. not something people... So, I own the Blu-ray that Screen Factory put out. It is out of print, and so it's going for like a hundred bucks on eBay. Damn! Uh, I looked on Amazon to see if you could rent it. Mm-hmm. You can't. So why? Okay. Uh, it was so it was like, guys. Where, so this episode's only for true fans. Where the fuck would you? You know, unless you bought this movie last year, or in the in uh, the years before that, and I found it. Where? It's someone uploaded the whole goddamn thing on youtube i thought you were gonna say pornhub <laughs> so you can just go to youtube look up look it up on youtube and watch it i'm not sure there's like three different cuts of this movie and they're not wildly different like we're talking five or six minutes here or there okay but you'll be able to get the, the gist i'm not sure which cut they put up on the um but it on, should on follow the these ones on the tubes of you but we're gonna watch the director's cut okay well then, join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Yay! It's 1962. It's Halloween. I wish I was as weird as you. Thanks. There's nothing wrong with the town of Willow Point Falls. But a powerful imagination can't cure. London Bridge crumpled under the monster's huge lizard feet. That's impossible. Or is it? But this time, it's not make-believe. No, don't hurt her. 
It was too dark. I couldn't see his face. This time it's serious, deadly serious. I'm telling you, that doesn't matter. This case has been making monkeys out of all of us for the past 10 years. And strange, very strange, for you have seen a girl. There was a little girl. I saw her. She was killed in the cloakroom. A girl who wants you to find her killer. Will you help me? You have just one hope to solve the mystery. Sometimes when someone dies violent, they can't rest in peace. To stop the evil. Where are you going? I gotta follow her. To save your life. I'm here, child. Open the door. Say your prayers. Lady in white. Hi, welcome back from watching The Lady in White. Uh, this movie was an unexpected hit for me, but I can see why it super duper failed. Yeah, hit with you, unlike with audiences. Uh, unlike with audiences. Unlike with audiences. This movie, uh, you are absolutely right. This hit me in all the feels in ways I wasn't expecting. It was, um, huh. And by fail, huh. by fail, when we say fail, we mean... Lologia somehow came up with five million dollars and it grossed about 1.7 so that's that's where we're at on that gross on the fail scale i like this movie a lot are mm. you listeners out there are, are ye sensing a theme yet yeah i am helpful ghost yeah this one was just so sad and then it was so funny and then it was so sad and then it was supernatural and then it was disgusting like it was very strange and my I can see why like how do you market this movie? It's not a kids movie, right? <laughs> it's it's what a is it's a movie about kids. But for not adults. for kids. It's like the John Mulaney special. <laughs> uh, it's a movie for kids, but for adults. I say I'm a, my big takeaway from this movie is this. Mm-hmm. Watching this with you and the scene in the classroom where all the kids are freaking out over Halloween. You were like, that is 100% accurate to what it is like to teach in a classroom yes. on Halloween. Yeah. There were, <laughs> there were a lot of holes in <clears throat> the execution, but yes, it is insane. Uh, and I've taught, I've only taught high school and middle school. Like I haven't taught elementary school um, 18 years. It's been, it's crazy every single year. In fact, it kind of, it, it, they say they don't do it on purpose, but a lot of times we'll have like a professional development day on October 31st if it doesn't land on a weekend. So it's like, it'll either be a half day or we won't have school that day. Because, and it's always like, oh yeah, all right, good. It's like, a, it's like one of those unwritten rules. Like if you work in social services, people are like fucking full moon, man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's going to be crazy. Or like if you work in a residence facility for troubled youth, you know January is your worst year. Yep. Because every the kid fall comes from back. Christmas. They come back from Christmas break, and then they don't have another planned home visit until Easter. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I can fuck off all this month and yep. get back on track in February and still make that visit. January fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> There's just certain truths to, your, to our professions, I suppose. But you know what doesn't suck? This movie. Yeah. Um, it was... Plot-wise, <sighs> wow. walk us through it. Okay, so... This movie, if I'm going to talk about the recap, 
This is a flashback movie that tells the story of the local legend and mm-hmm. how it gets mm-hmm. solved with a thick cream cheese layer of racial injustice on top. <laughs> yeah. And little decorative candles of Italian stereotypes and hilariousness. Fair. How'd I do? Um, I, I think you cut, but I mean like... It's, it's a delicious birthday cake, but it's complex. Would you like to go in a little more detail about any of those things? Well, the, the local legend, it's not a legend. There's a serial killer that has been abducting and molest, molesting and abducting and molesting and killing children in the area. And a little boy meets the ghost of one of them. And they solve the and together they solve the crime. Does that make yeah? It's it's really kind of a convoluted plot because the main character Lucas Hawes gets trapped in the cloakroom, mm-hmm. and he sees in this world, much like Del Toro, ghosts just reenact They're the dead. same event. Yeah. But over but unlike Del Toro, again. well I guess like Del Toro, they're free to like go about their day, but. Except during the time when they died, they have to go back to the and spot re-enact. and reenact their death all over again. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so he sees that, and then that leads him to try to solve the mystery, which leads to him finding out that it was his uncle, who's not his real uncle, but his dad's best friend, who was raised by his yeah. grandparents after his parents' death, yep. is the one who's murdering these kids. Yep. And he tries and to kill Lucas Hawes, not realizing who he is. Because he can't right. get the class ring, because that would, the the only physical the evidence. Furnace. Yeah, the and only he's f- they would find it. Right, the only physical evidence that tied him to the crime, other than like you know a ghost. And this movie is like the more you talk about it, the more complicated it is. Mm-hmm. Because there's the lady in white, which is the mom who doesn't have any speaking parts, no. who's looking for her daughter. The daughter, there's the does- ghost daughter, and then Catherine Hellman plays the real life, the aunt. Right, like, like she's actually still alive, but she acts like she's a ghost. Um, and she is the sister of, of and, the, and both, uh, yeah, the ghost and aunt of the little girl. So this happens from, it's like 62, from like Halloween through Christmas. Correct. And so all that's going on around his family and his ridiculous, super, super Italian <laughs> grandparents the grandfather who wants to smoke all the time and the grandmother who is constantly like on making spaghetti this and movie then is weirdly very and dense. then there's like a b plot where they accuse the janitor who's a man of color they accuse him of her of being the one who like did the chokehold on the kid what was his name lucas Lucas Hawes yeah. is the actor's name. His um, Frank, Frankie's the character. Frankie, name. that's it. Of like choke holding him, and then he was indicted and found not guilty. Yeah, not enough evidence. And to to one of the victims of the serial killer ended up shooting him. Yeah, the mom, the child's mom of one of the dead kids. Even though he wasn't guilty. The one that verbally assaults that man's family oh, in, church. in church. And everyone's just like, um, okay. Except Oops. for except for the lead's dad. Right. Who I will call Mo Green because of the Godfather. Um, I mean, and he even plays like Mo Green. Like if Mo Green well, had like a secret if, life. If Mo Green had moved to the suburbs and was like a good dad. Like that's the thing about this movie. The family's 
really good. Like, everyone yeah. in the family, like, uh, there's, like, little bits of here and there of, like, you know, family problems. But, like, by and large, the family's, like, kind of the ideal family. Except for the uncle that molests people. And but kills he's not, them. he's not a, an official member yeah, of the family. Yeah, that's true. Like, if we're just talking, like, the core family being the Italian wackadoodle grandparents that mm-hmm. are super fun. The dad. And then the two the two yeah, brothers. The two brothers. And, like, their mom is dead, but he's, like, a solidly good dad filling in for the Fair. missing mom. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. What does wow, IMDb say about this? About that movie. Is Jesus there Christ. even a summary for this? This is such a random, offbeat movie. I've never heard of it. I've never... I mean, watching it, I mean, it was just you know what this way movie, out there. You know what this movie reminds me of a lot? And not because of the plot so much, mm-hmm. but the structure of it. This movie reminds me of Stand By Me a lot. Because it's like a flashback? and Because it's like a writer okay. who's telling a story about his childhood. I understand. And how he grew up and grew into being an adult. Like Stand By and Me. And the murder. And... He's telling this, like Richard Dreyfus is telling the story about how he, that summer that they found the dead body and him and his friends grew out of like being children into being like young men. Yeah. And it was kind That's of kind of like last this summer. Too, yeah. This is kind of like his last summer of innocence too. So, in my head, I think it would make a really good fucking double feature of this and Stand by Me. Hmm. That would be interesting. So, are you ready? I for don't know this? what. I, okay. What does IMDb Synopsis, say? This is super simple. An author tells the story of how, as a young boy growing up in a 1960s small town, he was haunted after witnessing the murder of a little girl. Boom. Done. But it doesn't take that. Doesn't bring up any of the racial injustice. Doesn't bring up any of the, and that is an interesting layer in there. I feel like they, um, what we saw, seemed put together in a way that they could edit around that if necessary. That's possible. You know, like they were ready to be for someone to mix that whole lot. I know this like. The director Lelogia, he this was like a passion project for him. Actually, tr- he's from Rochester, New York, right? Where okay. the movie's based. It wasn't shot there. I mean, little bits were, but it mostly wasn't shot there. But was it's there a legend supposed of- to take place in Rochester, New York? And it's based on a local urban legend known as the Lady in White. And the story goes that the Lady in White had a daughter who disappeared thanks to a predatory young suitor. Ooh. Yeah. So the White Lady roams the lakefront to this day searching for her daughter. Her supposed residence is the base of a demolished hotel that was built in the 1800s, and it's known as the White Lady's Castle. It's become like a super popular tourist attraction and a place where teens get drunk. And I, feel like we're, I feel like we need to head over to Rochester. Rochester. We need but to go I, hang out in Rochester. But I think every state has two or three of these. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right, like, there was a lady, and she got killed on her way home on the side of the interstate, mm-hmm. so now the old bend in the interstate ghost lady. You can see, still see yeah. them hitchhiking on the side, yeah. They're waiting to get back to their family. Like, for sure. Tell them large march. We, have that, yeah. we like, have that here in Cross Lanes as well. Yeah, but, I mean, it's really cool that he took a legend that he, he undoubtedly grew up with, right? Like, he grew up in the same town hearing Lady in White, Lady in White, Lady in White. And he made a movie out of it. And a pretty kick-ass movie that I like that I think more people should see. Meh. I think it's interesting to note that Russell Carpenter, the guy who shot the movie. The, okay. The, the director. DP, oh, okay. Would go on to win an Oscar for shooting Titanic. 
Wow. That's a, just a weird little... <laughs> That's a cool connection. There you go. There's a direct line between Titanic and this movie. He has a soft spot for this movie. What else you got for me? There's not a lot... Like, there's not a lot of trivia it, about it, this movie. Yeah, because it's, like I said, it's so kind of offbeat. And, I mean, even trying to find it, uh, I, I know, is kind of difficult for yeah. some people. I know uh, two little more bits of trivia I can throw out before we kind of move on is... So, the director had a friend, Jay Silverthorne, he had him create a Halloween mask for the Halloween scene for Lucas Hawes. Okay. And um, he wanted right. him to make... It's like a paper mache like thing. Lugosi's Dracula face. So many people think that it's supposed to be Richard Nixon. <laughs> and it's not Richard Nixon. It's Bella Lugosi Dracula. So... If if you were watching this movie and you're like, is he wearing a fucking Richard Nixon mask? No, it's supposed to be. That's just poor craftsmanship. Somebody um, trying to help out his buddy. Well, it was meant to look homemade because back then it would have been a homemade mask. That's what I mean. Yeah, it was like a paper mache. Um, and the other thing, I think you're going to like this movie. I think you're going to like this fact a lot. And this may be one of your favorite facts you've ever heard on All the right. show. And I think this may make you like this movie even more. Filming this movie, they shot it in a couple of different location locations. They shot it in a town called Lyon. That's how the French would say it, but probably Lyons. <laughs> you know, or in America. It's L-Y-O-N-S, right? All right. And when they were shooting it there, there was a gentleman named Roger who would come to the set every day. And he was from a local home. For people with developmental disabilities. So he was a little slow. All right. And he would show up to set every day and offer to help in any way he could. And he'd always be smiling and be super friendly and super helpful. And they're like, we don't really have any work that you can do like here. But the director was like, I'm going to put you in the movie twice. Okay. So this guy, Roger, who is from that home, (laughs) is in this movie twice. He's the guy who... When they ride into town on the bikes, yells, where's my paper? That's him. All right. And he also plays the Santa Claus on the street who's ringing the bell and wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. That's, That's really Roger. Sweet. And I found that out and I was like, man, I like this movie a lot. And that makes me really like this movie a lot. Yeah, you're That's right. That's a really cool fact. I do know. like that. Yeah. I like when people are, you know, good. It's not easy. And I, th- I think this movie more than probably any other movie we have watched or will watch because there's one coming next week is a, oh, yeah. is about the goodness of people right <laughs> like because you could say the theme of this month is it's like friendly ghosts well, yeah. who want you to help solve their murder but also like what are ghosts they're a monster monsters are metaphors in movies Ghosts are the absence of life. They're the absence of something. So we get to pour something into them, right? Okay. And different, like different ghosts, can stand in for different things. We talked. Oh my of, god! Yeah, there has been a lot did, of symbolism this month. How much did we talk about Devil's Backbone when it oh, was like yeah. it's a metaphor? Like this ghost is a metaphor for like the Spanish, uh, Spanish Civil War. I think the ghost in this, the little girl, is a stand-in for a couple things. One. She stands in for, like, innocence. I was just going to say lost, lost innocence. Childhood. Yeah. Right. And that would tie into your stand-by-me theory as well. Because not only is she lost her childhood and her innocence by being killed. But by him being his involved by in this. Yeah. Knowing this, right? Like, we had this weird conversation yesterday about your child eventually going to learn that there is no Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, and, like, that's yeah. going to shut a door on their childhood. Right. It's it's an odd rite of passage. Having someone try to murder you and realizing, like, (laughs) one day I will die, 
is a pretty surefire way to end someone's innocence and yeah, make them grow I would up say real, so. real fast. Gosh, when you explain it like that, hon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but... Radio. I, I think that is a key to this. And there's also, I think this ghost more than any of the other ghosts, even though uh, the, some of the other stories have been said in the past, stands in for nostalgia. Looking back at your childhood through those rose-tinted glasses and being like, man, you know, we might not have had much or things might have been crazy, but my family was awesome. I really miss that time. And I think that's... That's, a, that's kind of discounting the whole... I mean, I, I just keep coming back to... He was a child molester. Like the the villain in this is not a ghost. I mean, it's I don't. Uh, I mean, has the villain in any of these been the ghost? Oh no, that yeah, and I understand. This movie in no way follows the Arkov formula. And I think we almost have to use like the Guillermo del Toro method. It's a kids movie. It's like a strange kids movie. There's no fornication. It is a and it's a little revolutionary. Well, let's 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 walk through okay. it rather than dancing around it. Let's. Oh, that's fair. So, uh, same as the Arkoff was a producer, and uh, this is based on his name. So we've got a good movie is action. This movie is not really action oriented. It starts off with like a bike ride. <laughs> it almost starts off the way like Beetlejuice starts off. Yeah, I mean it. It's not. It's definitely not an action movie. I feel like it moves though. Yeah. I don't Rev- think. I think it's it's definitely not the slowest movie. The Changeling uh, has been the, the slowest, slowest yeah. movie. Uh, is it revolutionary? This idea of a ghost having to repeat. I mean, obviously, we're re- not because of because really, of this month. Not really, and also it's based on a local legend, which is similar to a lot of local Fair. legends. Uh, killing, yes, quite a bit. Both, you know, the, the ghost. About. And that, well, but then we also have the murder of the janitor, the custodian. That is the craziest part of that movie, by the way. Yes, not <laughs> expecting it all. That scene, whoa, came out of nowhere. And like I, the first time I watched it, I was expecting it because I was like, oh, I've seen too many episodes of Law and Order. I know they're oh. lingering on this for too long. Oh yeah, like I suspected that as well. But I was, I was more shocked at like, oh, they went there. Does that make sense? Not like, oh, this that's what's going to happen. I, you, you saw it coming. Yeah, but it was more like. Oh, this isn't a children like a kids movie. This is something that they're they're throwing out there. Also, I think this movie, which is not a bad thing, to piggyback off your thought there, I got to give this movie props because I, when I think about this movie, it works for me because I don't think of it being an '80s movie that takes place in the '60s. I just think of it as being a movie from the '60s. Yeah, it does have that feel, like it, the way it looks and it's mm-hmm. like it's very. Very successful. The soundtrack. At looking um, like a period film. To the point where, like, I have to remind myself that the, there's a beginning that establishes the in the, eight, place yeah. in the 80s, which I don't even think was necessary. I think you could have just started it in the 60s and then went all the way through. But. Yeah. They wanted it for some reason. I it was some sort of direct. Uh, some yeah, sort of note. I think it's super successful as a period film. I don't think I would watch this with my kids. I would watch this with you. It's yeah, like this is something you would watch with them and they'd be like, oh, no, no, no. I don't think I would watch this again. I think Ben would be. Yeah. I don't like, I mean. I think Alex would freak out. Oh, no, absolutely not. Is there any kind of like noteworthy or mentionable other than uh, no, the tribute no. we've already gone over? No. Okay, so next week's episode, we're Roger. wrapping up. Roger is Roger. the, Roger's the, the He's our trivia. I like that. So next week, what are we watching to wrap up the month? 
<laughs> we started with a Mexican filmmaker. Okay. And we're ending with a Mexican filmmaker. Oh, who are we Except this is a lady. Okay. So we're going to watch Tigers Are Not Afraid, directed by Isa Lopez. Okay. It all right. Guillermo del Toro and Josh Sepp approved. And <laughs> all the feelings. All right. Well then, until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay.